Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. So guests, thank you for joining us for another episode of the SDR Disco Call podcast and the SDR Disco Call vidcast. Yes, we're hitting you both because that's how we roll. Uh, really excited for today's show. So this guest is somebody that was introduced to me uh, by a good friend who works at Sales Impact Academy. So Shifra Nero, if you're watching, again, thank you for this. But I went to Shifra a couple of months ago and saying, hey, Shifra, I'm looking for you know a couple of guests. And as we've done some stuff with SIA, I'd love to ask you, do you have anybody on board? And she said, yes, Neil, of course, I've got somebody for you. Uh, and this guest is Natalie Silva Montenegro. So Natalie, I'd like to welcome you to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for having me today. Thank you so much for joining, Natalie. So Natalie, uh, obviously for our listeners and watchers, and just a reminder for listeners and watchers, make sure you click that subscribe button on our YouTube channel so that you don't miss future episodes. But Natalie, could you tell us, like, who are you, where are you based in the world, and currently what do you do at SIA, and what does SIA do? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Natalie Silva. I'm a current senior SDR at Sales Impact Academy. And just for a bit of context, we are basically providing a structure and continuous sales education to go-to-market teams, uh, but all delivered by amazing revenue leaders in the industry who are teaching everything life. Love it. I think Shifra would be proud to hear that as well. <laughs> and so Natalie, where are you based in the world at the moment? So I'm currently in Spain because of like the restrictions on coronavirus, but I'm normally based in London, which is where our lovely office is at the moment. Love it. Well, hola and bom dia, and thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> I love it that we have got guests from all over the world, but you're based, normally based in London. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, before we joined the call, we were talking about breakfast and, like, exercise and stuff. But outside of sales, do you, like, have any passions or hobbies or th what, what kind of floats your boat, Natalie? So I love dancing. That's kind of, like, a big part just because I'm from Colombia and it's kind of uh, this Latin vibe. So Ooh. I love dancing with my friends. Um like most recently uh we've been doing some climbing rock climbing nice um so that's been going for a year now and i love that but yes that's kind of like my two hobbies at the moment i love it so climbing boulders and rocks and mountains and getting <laughs> some dance beats on uh, maybe with a little bit of salsa or bachata i love it absolutely <laughs> love it so Natalie, um, so again, for the guests, as we do, so again, if you're listening to this on our podcast, don't forget to give us a good rating. But if you're watching this via our YouTube channel, you'll see that we also share our screens. And I like to do this because, you know, I can. Um, so Natalie, so for looking at your LinkedIn profile, because again, before every guest, I always have a check out to see kind of what's their background, where they've been, and are there any interesting, cool stories. So we can see your LinkedIn profile here. Um, and if we go back in time, we can see that obviously you've been at a university uh, studying international trade. Uh, mm -hmm. You'd been a marketing and sales intern uh, within Spain. You'd also gone into an accounting uh, internship. You'd worked in the world of logistics, a world that I'm familiar with as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you was working at Fly Now, Pay Later. And then obviously for the last 11 months, you've been at Sales Impact Academy 
and worked your way up and you're now a senior SDR. So I'd love to know, like in your own words, can you walk us through your journey of where were you and how did you get to SIA? Yes, no worries. So yes, I pretty much after I graduated, I kind of wanted to try logistics. Um, so that's when I kind of moved to London for an internship and it was all in the fashion industry. Um, but I felt like towards the end, like, there was not something that I enjoyed as much just because it was more uh, in a laptop and it was everything like too monotonous. Um, so I kind of wanted to have something that I could talk with people, that it was more like extrovert and more like creative. Um, so that's why I kind of decided I wanted to try sales, uh, something just completely different and just so out of like outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and then that's where I started as an SDR at uh, Fly Now Pay Later. Mm. Um, and I absolutely enjoy it. I have a really great coach uh, on that, which kind of uh, support me on that journey of getting like all the basics and moving to kind of an account executive role. Yep. But then obviously like um, COVID came and it was very focused on the travel industry. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of like hits uh, a little bit on that side. So I wanted to maybe try something a little bit like outside of that in the meantime. Um, and I saw like Sales Impact Academy, um, someone on from Candidate, they actually reached out to me with their opportunity. Um, and so it sounded like really interesting just because it was everything like with those amazing revenue leaders. It was a brilliant like like opportunity as a kind of first SDR. Um, so I said yes, let's let's try this. Let's see how how it goes. And it's also in the SaaS space and something that I haven't tried before because before it was more like in the fintech space. Yeah. Um, so yes, I started as an SDR, um, moved uh, to senior like recently, and yes, just enjoying my my time here and helping every sales team to actually just develop themselves. I love that. And that's a cool uh, journey as well, because you've gone through like different industries, you're trying out different stuff, you've realized some things weren't your kind of bag, as mm -hmm. to say a pun. Uh, and then obviously coming through to SaaS uh, as well, and obviously being impacted by, you know, the pandemic within yeah. that industry working, then going on to the other. So if we kind of like start at the beginning, like where you said, like, you love this creative element, you're looking at fashion and stuff, and then, you know, you're exploring, like, perhaps maybe going into logistics as well. Mm -hmm. So that creative side of it, like, what was going through your mind of like, when you were trying to define your career, and you're looking at logistics and trying to figure out, okay, what do you want to do? How did you come to that conclusion? And also, you know, when you was there, you kind of figured out it wasn't for you. What was yeah. that experience like as well? So I think because uh, during my degree, we have a big focus on all like, this international trade, like what is involved in like shipping something from a country to a different country. Yeah. That's kind of like what called my attention the most. Um, we did have like uh, maybe like a subject in sales, but it was not like really like a big thing. It was mainly about around logistics, exports, imports and all of this. Mm. So for me, it was just uh, something I wanted to give it a try. And then when I was there in the internship, I I enjoy it, but yeah. then was I didn't like as much the industry that I was in, the fashion mm. industry. Um, and as you say, the role itself, it was not as creative as I, I wanted it to be. So that's why, yes, I uh, wanted mainly to talk with people. That was the, the main yeah. thing. <laughs> I love it. 
So like you're saying, like um, it was something that you were exploring, you know, like testing the field to see, is there something for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't as creative as you would like it to be. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because I think with a lot of SDRs, there is this element where you have to be creative, you know, mm-hmm. like with your messaging or, you know, the way that you're engaging with people, the way that you're having these conversations. What advice would you give to somebody where they feel that creative element of them is being blocked or stopped or they just have to follow what they're being told to do. Mm. How do you think somebody could have a healthy balance of being as creative as they want, but also, you know, maybe even being stifled on that? What advice would you give to them, Natalie? So I think, yes, sometimes you can get, like, blocked in the situation, especially in sales, where, like, everything is up and down and it's all a roller coaster. So it's just trying to find, like, what what makes you, like, happy in the job. Mm. Um, so when you are maybe, like, in that mindset that you don't know what to do or try something different, kind of take a break. That's something that I try to do. Just go for a walk and start, like, fresh the next day. So then you have an idea of, like, what you want to do and what, what you want it to look like as well. So just very important to just do something that is outside of your role if you're in that, like, blog mindset. I, I absolutely I 100% agree I think um, in terms of creative juices I know that if I just work 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 and I have to be creative and come up with sequences yeah. or scripts and sometimes I'll sit there in front of my laptop for hours thinking I just can't think of anything <laughs> and you get kind of frustrated with that and then you try and hit it again and still nothing comes yeah. out so Sounds really weird, but what I love to do is I love music as well. Mm-hmm. So I will have a break from my laptop and I'll turn some instrumental music on and I'll start rapping and freestyling. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just something different, you know, to get yeah. the aggression out, get the flow. But to your point, maybe go for a walk, go into a different surrounding. Because yes. I think when you get so tunnel visioned into what yeah. you're trying to do, um, it stops that creative juices flowing in yeah. your mind. And inspiration comes from being out there or you know like you're saying doing something different and then when you've had that break you're like right now i know what i could do now uh, i could like try this out uh so i think that's that's a top tip and 100 percent take a break take a stop go for a walk and then come back to it i absolutely love that um so like you're saying like you're figuring out so in this world of like going into logistics um and you know you were it says here like you manage all inbound intakes for more than 65 brands in the uk and warehouses and stuff. So obviously, like with, I used to work in logistics as well, like in the world of DHL, and we had a lot of incoming or inbound work and Mm -hmm. stuff to process and do. Um, A lot of us SDRs, we go into this role wanting to be an outbound SDR, you know, like Mm -hmm. reaching out to people. Um, And I've recently been at some companies where sometimes the SDR will start as an outbound SDR and then move into an inbound role, because they see, okay, now we get leads. I've been working months trying to go for leads, and now I'm getting leads, and they go into it. But there are some others where I come from the school of train of thought, well, you start as an inbound SDR, yeah. you understand the market, the personas, the challenges, the requirements, and then with that knowledge, you go to become an outbound SDR. Mm-hmm. But within this logistic part, like in terms of like inbound sort of work, were there any skills that you learned in the logistics space that you're able to take as an SDR moving forward? Were there any sort of transferable skills? I think like time management, that I would mm. say that's the main thing because everything with logistics, you have deadlines, you have problems that can happen uh, from the shipment from one warehouse to another. 
So you kind of like need to keep on track of everything um, and just like like notify the every party that what's going on, find solutions like really quickly. Um, and then you're like, I was also like in charge of like allocating all the stock as well to customer um, service. So yep. for me, it was like kind of like having this like multi conversations with all these departments and, and just being like, uh, up on everything and like sometimes it's just not like one order two orders there was lots lots and lots so you kind of need to like be like really focused uh, mm. and see like exactly uh, what you need to spend your time on uh, because yes everything is, it was like really really fast paced and I think that like sales can be like that as well especially yeah. in SDR, you have targets to hit you have like um, yes like so many people to you need to talk to during the day so you kind of need to like spend the time in the most like um, productive activities. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of like what I got from there, like being in a fast pace, coming to a startup, that's kind of like the similar similar thing that you have on that. And it's just yeah. like move as quickly as everything is going, <laughs> basically. Absolutely. And you're right, there's a lot of skills like you, I, I remember like in the days of DHL, it was crazy. Like you said, you're running to deadlines, time definite yeah. deliveries. Uh, trying to check consignments, trying to make sure things are connected. Then you get questions from customers coming in. Yeah. Then you're having to speak to different departments and sort it all out. It used to be fun back in the day, but yeah, it was very tiring. But I actually, I remember I used to work in the office doing all the admin stuff. But then if we have a, in our warehouse, if there was short yeah. of staff, I'd have to put on my high vis and then go into the actual warehouse and help move the boxes and everything. It was a crazy life. Uh, but I'm really happy I don't work there anymore. But nothing against DHL and that sort of logistics <laughs> life, but I know you like you need it, it did build me up though, like in terms yeah. of strength. Um but obviously like moving on from the logistics, you came across like the first time you're called an SDR yeah. uh, at Fly Now Pay Later. Uh and maybe connected because like with logistics you're always thinking about transit and flights and shipments moving, but now you're coming into a world where you're having a solution helping a different industry, kind of in the same sort of way. What was that experience of like joining as an SDR and what did it mean to you back then of being an SDR and working in a tech company? Yeah, so I mean, it was uh, like very, very different to what I was, I was used to. Um, and I was also like, maybe like the second SDR as well, like being in this like a startup world, you kind of join in like when the company is kind of starting. Um, so I was lucky that, as I mentioned earlier, like, I have a really great coach and like my colleagues back then, um, they were helping me on, on everything and I was basically starting from zero. Mm. So uh, I, I just have to like put all the work and we have a lot of coaching every single day. We have like before starting work, we have maybe half an hour where we do objection handling uh, mm. between all of us. And uh, my coach used to put like loud music and we just kind of like uh, say objections between each other. and you put in the spot sometimes. So we had ah. really, really great training on that. So there was a point as an SDR where I was comfortable with every single objection I hear on the phones. Mm. So I was kind of like, that That helps me like really to, to become a really, really great SDR quite quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yes, like having the support and the coaching that you need, like for me at that point was so crucial. And that's what actually like uh, made me like sales. Because uh, otherwise, if you come to a role and you have maybe like two weeks training and then you kind of like, here you go, just have call and do. Yeah, yeah. Just basically learn everything on the job. Um, and that's it. Like, I wouldn't maybe like enjoy as much. Mm. Um, and also because I have my colleagues, which I was like um, really close friends as well. Like, it just helped the like, momentum and just being like 
in the in this space were just kind of like, okay, let's let's book another meeting, let's do this, or like let's try something different. So it was it was really fun for me, like fun experience on that. Oh, and it sounds like there was a lot of high energy, a lot of activities yeah. <laughs> going on. So like moving from this logistic world, coming into like a tech company, like where you're saying you're SDR number two uh, and you're starting from scratch and zero. Um, but I love the fact of, you know, being in a high energy office where you're trying out objection handling, yeah. you're having like regular coaching. Uh, and I, I 100% agree with you with this whole, you know, two-week onboarding, here's a list yeah. of accounts and just go after it. And this is something that I've seen um, a lot in tech companies that I've worked with where, you know, an SDR comes on board, they get product training, they get a little bit of sales training, which is more, this is our sales process rather than this is sales training. They're just saying yeah. what the AEs do and how the customers and like the free trial and then we close. That's sales process training. That's not sales training in my opinion. Yeah. But at the end of those two weeks, this new SDR that perhaps has never worked in this world, never understood this industry, is then expected to, you know, evangelize a product to people that they've never spoken to in yeah. these personas, and they're hit with these objections. They don't know how to handle it. Now, there are two sides of the coin, in my opinion, which is you learn by doing. So, you know, like being thrown out into the wilderness, and you learn as you go along, as long as there is this, you know, uh, feeling of culture of it's okay to fail, it's okay yeah. to make mistakes, it's all cool. Um, but the other side of the coin is like this regular coaching. So this is something I try to do with students and I do it with my team today. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of coaching as an SDR, what is useful to be coached on and how is it best delivered? Because I always have this fear of becoming a micromanager, like just putting in a yeah. training session to help my team, but how? What, what's important in coaching for you and how is it best delivered to an SDR, Natalie? I think maybe it's just like communicating with your manager um, so you exactly know what is your style of learning. Um, you tend to say like, uh, just focusing on the areas that you think that you might need more support on. So you can say like, maybe I need more coaching on like this sequence or maybe I need like improve my tonality or like I need more training on my ICP persona. Uh, mm. or IPP so you kind of like lay it down and you can like free to say whatever you need support on and then your manager can have an idea of where they need to focus on so just delivering in a way that it feels like comfortable for both parties um, and you feel like there's support given but no in a way that is just like do this do that or like very like uh, mandatory for, for them mm. it doesn't feel like right so I think just uh, the communication from between like both parties are like super super important um and i think yes just kind of have a, like this setup of like regular coaching where you have you know have your one-to-one -one and you know what you need to bring on that call like mm. which, how the last week went what do you want this week what should i help do you need more data do you need this so then you kind of have like track or an idea of where you want to go or like the next time that you meet again I think those are some solid bits of advice. And yeah, you know, like coming to your manager with the areas that you want coaching, yeah. because I kind of say it to my team, like I can train you on everything and anything that you want to know, but it's easier for me to know exactly what you want. Mm. Uh, but sometimes I have met like students uh, in the past where they're like, I don't really know yeah. where I need the help. So, uh, and I used to kind of like, be struggling as well because I'd come to those one-to-ones and think okay I want to help this person but they don't know what they want to be helped on yeah. 
and rather than making it a one-to-one about just metrics, calls, and activities, it's like I want to coach them. I want I wanted to help them out. Um, and we had a guest a few weeks ago who gave me this really good uh, idea. Um, this was Charlotte Neal from Reward Gateway, and she said, you know what? I was in exactly the same position. I used to come to my manager not really knowing what I wanted help yeah. on, but I know that I needed help, but I didn't know where. And she said, well, if you look at your SDR responsibilities of the stuff that you actually do, list them all out before you one-to-one. So if it's calls, if it's sequences, if it's objection handling, if it's product knowledge, or you know, it's like how to do a cold call, these are the things you can look at and you can then ask yourself, okay, what am I doing okay with and what don't I feel as confident yeah. with and then bring this to the one-to-one and this is what we can coach on. So I took that advice and I went straight to my team. I had one member that every week, Neil, everything's fine. I don't really know what I need help on. And I said, well, write a list of all the stuff you're doing and tell me what you'd like to improve. He said, oh, actually, I could do better on this or on this as well. And I was like, there we go. So I agree with you. And also, like you said, like the regular coaching, I think uh, as a coach, I'd love to ask your opinion as to the frequency of coaching. So sometimes it could be like a weekly thing where we have a group discussion. It could be done on a one-to-one. It could be, uh, you know, a special topic of the month. Mm. Um, it could be, you know, like having an hour session with the team on the last Thursday of the month to do like a call review while everybody watches. Yeah. In your opinion, what's the best frequency to have coaching and when in the week should it be done, in your opinion? So I think normally if we are talking about your one-to-one, maybe it should be on a Monday and that's what tends to happen because you kind of can review what happened last week and then you have the strategy session where you know what you need to do like this week. Mm. Um, and in terms of frequency, like at Sales Impact Academy, for example, we have like uh, maybe on a Wednesday, like a call coaching review where our manager kind of said like, oh, so this is the a good call that I heard from Natalie. Like, what do you guys think about this? What she should have done better? What she did good? Or we kind of have this like uh, peer-to-peer like uh, share of knowledge uh, where we're just kind of helping with feedback um, and just see what we can do next. So it's just good for us to actually hear the other, like other people calls, because you always get ideas on that. Mm. Um, and then, yes, I guess as well you have, apart from your one-to-one, you, we have a team preview as well, where we just kind of say like, what are we going to work on this week? Um, just like a, more like a general thing. Yeah. Um, and that just kind of is good, just especially in our remote environment that we are at the moment. Just kind of like see your colleagues uh, on that call and just kind of like share anything that is helpful or what happens in their lives is good. So I think, yes, mainly that. And also like um, I would say sometimes I need support or I have not, uh, need in the past um, where maybe you don't feel as confident in your calls. Mm-hmm. You maybe can put on your manager's calendar um, like a call coaching where they actually uh, listening to you while you're doing mm-hmm. a call. And they kind of coach you on Zoom with a message to like say this, say that. So just kind of like help you like with motivation and and you feel like, yes, just better prepare for that. So it can be a mix of everything, but I said like those kind of are the ones that are like we use at the moment and it's working so far. I love that. And that's definitely given uh, me some food for thought. This is why I love the show, because again, I'm doing the role and I get to speak to other SDRs as to how are they doing it in their world because I might be doing it, not I wouldn't say wrong, but in a different way. Yeah. But like as you said, like today with my one-to-ones, I typically do them on a Wednesday or a Thursday. 
because in my opinion it's like well go out for the week and then see how the week's gone and then catch up with me and I give you advice to help you you know take it to the next level in the following week but I like your idea of you know doing it on a Monday because at this point we can review last week we can bring calls that need a bit of coaching or advice or you know insight on uh, and we can look at plans for the week and then you can go away from that Monday week to crack on yeah. do what you do best uh, and then again we can catch up Monday so Natalie you've given me a thought that maybe I need to change my one-to-ones uh, and the day that I do it because I, I used to because I the way that I saw it is like Monday is my admin day with the teams and yeah. we have a sync then I talk to all the other departments and then honestly admittedly perhaps doing it on the Thursday Wednesday is interrupting their workflow and their day so uh, yeah this is why I freaking love this show because again sometimes I can ask my team and ask them do you want to move with it they may not give me the honest answer yeah. because they don't want to offend me because you know everyone's trying to be nice especially in this remote world and I've got a remote team so yeah I'm going to ask them next Monday do you want to move your one-to-ones to a Monday yeah. let's see what happens I think it depends as well because on uh, Mondays are uh, obviously the day that you have the more meetings in the internal meetings so we have them we tend to have them on Monday but if there's a case that you need it like uh on a Tuesday that also like works uh just because like Mondays tends to be hectic for everyone yeah um so that's could be like either Monday or Tuesday that both are, are good, I think. That's a good point. And I think giving the team the option of you can have Monday or you can do Tuesday, maybe because my team's growing and I used to be able to cover everybody on a Thursday. I've now had yeah. to move some people to on a Thursday. I've just hired two new ladies uh, for our team. So my time's becoming <laughs> eaten up. Yeah. But I want to make sure that I'm giving these time to them as well. Uh, and also, like you said, like having like uh, core reviews uh, and getting that feedback. And I always say to my team, like, how are your calls going? They're like, yeah, it's all right. And I'm like, I want to hear them, like send them to me. And what I'll try to do is carve at least an hour in my day towards the end of the day hmm. to listen to a couple of calls through, I don't know, you know, uh, chorus, yeah. gong, these sort of tools. Uh, and I love listening into them. And like where you said, like, um, you may have your coach like joining that call. Uh, to give feedback and give a couple of Zoom. Personally, on my point, I used to find that really distracting because I'd be having the call and I'd be trying to look at my manager to see what to say and I was waiting for their guidance. And what I found more useful was I would do the call, either invite them, but there'd be a silent listener and then we'd do a debrief after the call and they could tell me where I could improve or they could watch the call later down the line through call recording technology and then give me the tips. How do you manage, like, when you're on a call and for coaches telling you, how can you, like, get your brain to, like, see what they're saying and then speak to the prospect? How do you do it? I think it's uh, because we do it through, like, Zoom. Uh, then on the call, like, my manager can actually listen a little bit what the prospect's saying. Mm. So, like, immediately after, like, he says something, maybe she says something that I maybe have, wouldn't have said it if I didn't actually see it. Yeah. So it's more like I see it immediately and then I ask the, the prospect like, hey, and what whatever it is at the time. Yeah. So it's just that having this life, it's just helped me with uh, sometimes with calls. Mm. We, we, can, we also do it after like they are recorded, but I guess the impact you see, and especially when you book a meeting live, that's like, yeah. like very special because you know, ah, oh, like this was the question that actually helped me to like get him or you kind of have this like instant feedback that is just it's just really really helpful. I absolutely love it. Like yeah, that instant feedback can definitely help along, and especially when you're in call and they can help you with those answers. It helps you learn how to ask it again yeah. on the next call when you're on your own. Um, 
And here's a question I'd love to ask uh, as well. So I've worked with a lot of SDRs Mm -hmm. where they're comfortable going into a call on their own. Or sometimes they've been prospecting through email. The prospect says, yes, would love to have a chat with you. And as an SEO, you're like, woo, okay, somebody wants a meeting, cool. And the first thing they do is they invite the account executive into that call. Uh, And what I've seen is, you know, the SDR doing the introduction, the account executive goes in, and then they pretty much take over and, you know, do the pitch and then do the next steps. And I've looked at these kind of calls like with the SDR thinking, well, there was nothing wrong with you running that call on your own. And I asked them, why do you involve the AE so early? You know, and they said, yeah. well, they're the product expert. They know more. They may have questions that I don't know the answer to. And I don't want to look like an idiot in front of the prospect. And I totally understand and respect that. But I equally think you're only going to learn by doing it. And then you mm. can always, you know, ask for a coach or a manager's feedback. But what would your advice be to SDRs going on to calls on their own and not to feel as scared to do it and, you know, have to ask for help? Yeah, I think I have the same, like, feeling of scare, like, when someone just say yes and you kind of want to, like, need to do it on your own. So I used to, like, sometimes try to, like, bring back any, like, any as soon as possible just, like, to, <laughs> to help me. Yeah. But I think, like, uh, like, recently I kind of learned that it's better for you to qualify a little bit more. Mm. Uh, just because even though they are interesting, you don't know if they're a good fit. So you don't want to pass that onto the E and say like, oh, maybe you can have done the qualification earlier. So I think I became more comfortable just um, even just getting the first like uh, a deeper call or maybe uh, just get, uh, having a Zoom with them. Uh, so then I can just have like, they, I put a face in the, in the name yeah. and then they kind of uh, are more like happy to get the next call. So I'm just like more comfortable explaining what we do, how we can help. And I explain normally, like, if you're happy, we can just kind of have this like longer call with Mm -hmm. someone in our team. So they can explain like better on this, on this and that, because I already got like a few things. So then like going to the AE, it just feels like so natural for them uh, Mm. because they already know, ah, Natalie, like like, we go to like, we know what, what what you guys do. And now I want to learn more, basically. I love that. And, and and you're right. You know, like I think I remember it being an SDR and doing my first couple of calls. I'd always have my A's like Brendan and Turlock, um, James and all those guys. And I'd say, hey, I've got a meeting with a CTO. Can you join the call? They're like, Neil, you can do the call on your own. I'm like, no, I can't. What happens if they ask me questions and I don't know yeah. how to explain the platform? And I don't know, maybe they may have a objection. And they're like, Neil, all right, cool. We'll join the call. Like, if it makes you happy, Neil, we'll do it. Yeah. And then uh, just having them in the room just made me feel a bit more supported yeah. and, you know, a bit more confident. But nine times out of ten at the end of the call, the AU would say, like, Neil, you got this. Like, what are you worrying about? Like, you get it. But I'm happy to be here. If you want me to be on a call, I'll be there. I said, all right, cool. Um, and then as time went on, I would have more calls. I'd get more confident. I'd be running more meetings. Um, and then uh, I'd always say to the prospects, so the next step would be to introduce you to our product expert or our account executive and they can kind of walk you through use cases and discuss a demo. And a question I used to get a lot asked by prospects because, you know, they're in a rush. They want to see the demo. They want to get yeah. the pricing. They're like, well, why do I have to speak to somebody else? Why can't I just do it with you? And my response and rebuttal to that used to be is like, I'm part of the commercial team, but I'm the first face in an introductory call. My yeah. job is to, you know, introduce you to the solution, figure out if it's a fit for your business and to see if it makes sense to carry the conversation forward. If it does make sense, then I introduce you to the person whose role is to show you the product, to discuss the pricing, etc. 
so kind of like see me as like the first line of defense for sales. Yeah. And a lot of the times my prospects understood that and they'd be like, okay, cool. Again, I would have some people that would be really pushy and say, no, I want to get into this. And I'd be like, okay, cool. I'll introduce you to the ace straight away and they can, you know, discuss the demo. Um, but I think like to, to get comfortable, because again, if I wanted to be accountant executive, I'm going to have to be running calls on my own as, yeah. as well. Uh, but I think something that I did notice uh, earlier on was I could definitely build up rapport with my prospects and I could create a relationship at the beginning. And then I'd always advise them like, you know, I'll, I'll join the first 10 minutes of that demo to introduce and hand mm-hmm. off just so that I know you're in safe hands with the AE. Uh, but sometimes I would do that and then I'd get the prospect emailing me back saying, Neil, we had the, the demo with such and such, but can we just work with you instead? And I'd be like, like what's happened? They said, no, we don't really like this guy. He wasn't listening. You know, he wasn't summarizing back what you're saying. He was just showing us features. We liked the way that we spoke to you. And that kind of stuck with me. I'd say, well, look, unfortunately, that is the person that you need to speak to. I'm just that first person. Yeah. Uh, but that kind of gave me a bit of confidence as to, well, if I can keep that rapport building at the beginning... As an SDR, it's something that I can take into my AE roles uh, yeah. and, and other roles as well. So if somebody says to you, but I prefer working with you, don't take that as a bad thing. That's, from my point of yeah. view, you know, like a, a, a compliment on feedback. it. <laughs> it is, it is indeed. Uh, but it, it, internally, the amount of politics, and it just get really awkward when I'd say to my AE, hey, I just got an email and they said they don't want to talk to you, they don't like you, uh, <laughs> they want to talk work with me. But I'd give them feedback, just say, hey, how did the call go? Like, what's happened? And it would give me time to give them a bit of feedback, which, you know, would help them out. Uh, but this would normally happen with, you know, the AEs that had uh, just joined on board. They're really hungry yeah. for deals. They want to close something. So it was kind of a one-off. Um, but no, that was great experience and great tips as well. And then obviously coming to Sales Impact Academy where they were reaching out to you. Um, and from what I remember in our early discussions a few months ago, like you were one of the earliest members within that team as things were being built out. Mm-hmm. What was that experience of like coming to Sales Impact Academy? And, you know, you're not selling a solution so much to a stakeholder for, you know, within the flying industry per se. Mm-hmm. but you're trying to help other salespeople get better at their job through that solution. Like, what was that journey and experience like for you, Natalie? I think it was great because you're, as you mentioned, you're selling to salespeople and they are very, I mean, most of them, they are very understanding of where you're coming from. They know that they also have SDRs, so they tend to be a bit like, yes, like just happy to help uh, on occasions. Um, and we're basically doing what, like, everyone needs to uh, at the sales job like which is like the structure training that maybe they're missing and as you mentioned you maybe don't have time as you're hiring now uh, to coach every rep but mm-hmm. if they kind of have this tool or like this like revenue leaders then that gives you time back so for me it was more about like telling them what exactly is gonna support you how exactly is gonna support you and then you can see the benefits quite quickly because mm. like, that's everything that's going to make their, like, their role as a manager like, easier. And they're going to they're gonna know that they're in safe hands, that they're going to cover like, all the like, basic or like, all the skills that you need. And then you can just focus your time, your coaching time, on specific brokers, specific skills for your team needs. And then we just kind of cover the 80% that you maybe don't need to spend your time on. So it was, for me, it was just basically the helping others like what, what you need in a career when you start. 
100%. And for those that don't know, um, with Sales Impact Academy, it's a great solution. I love the company, the team, all the stuff that you guys have been doing. But for those that don't know, so Sales Impact Academy provide a subscription service for online learning uh, with skills for sales. I think you can cover AEs, SDRs, pretty much like the marketing team, the commercial team. And there are so many like great masterclasses and stuff like that. You've had some people that provided classes that have been guests on this show. I think Will Coning from SAS Leads has given some input. You've had leaders like Sam Nelson. You've got people like Kaylin Kelly. You've got all these great people. Uh, and I remember in the early days, like with Happy Sending, I was like, maybe I should park that and maybe go work with these guys. I was interested on it. But I highly recommend everybody that if you're new to sales, I'd highly put it out. And just as an FYI, I'm not sponsored or affiliated <laughs> with SIA yet uh we're always looking for sponsors um but yeah it's it's a great solution but i I was i was thinking about this the other day like before we went into the call i was like if i was an sdr in that company where you provide like a a subscription e-learning platform for all of this great sales content from all of these great sales leaders and you know coaches you just have do you have access to that free and like you're able to just watch whatever you want and help your own is that what it's like yeah, so like us, uh, and that's also part of the coaching that I forgot to mention, because you normally have all the basics, one-to-ones, like meetings, but we do cover, uh, we like encourage to take courses ourselves as well, because that's basically like, it helps mm. us, and we can explain better how it helps us to help them, basically. Mm-hmm. So yes, we, we tend to like um, enroll to courses, and we also have like uh, discussions every Friday, to just say like, what do we learn about like, album perspective this week and we kind of come up with ideas that will help us uh in our own like uh album deal mm. um so that's definitely like a big part that we have access to also to these revenue leaders uh also we know how to explain better because we've been there and we know exactly how it helps us so i think that's the beauty of, of like sales impact academy that you're selling where you're, you're pr- selling where you're praying yeah yeah Kind of like, kind yeah, of like you're, like. you're selling what you're learning and you're going through exactly. your own experiences of, right? So they can see if you wrote like a good email, that, um, like it makes them to say yes. They know that like, oh, maybe like my team can learn the best, the same skills and like book more meetings with someone like me. Mm. So they kind of see, they can see that as well. I think that's freaking amazing. Like, uh, uh, I'd love to be an SDR, like working at Sales Impact Academy and getting all that free knowledge and content. But I think it's really beautiful where you have the ability to, you know, enroll in the courses that you want. And then as a team, you can discuss, okay, what have you learned from these courses? And then you can take that insight into your prospects and discussions to say, do you know what? I wasn't good at this before, but I've enrolled on this. It's helped me with that. You're like a, a walking case study yes, for uh, or testimonial for, for these people. And I think when you, like, you always have to believe in what you're selling. Yeah, uh, and I think if you can learn from it, that's an extra bonus as well. And you can take that to your prospect. That's freaking cool, man. Like, uh, <laughs> jealous, envious, uh, and maybe I need to subscribe. Because I, I was even thinking that the other day because my team's scaling. Uh, and yes, I am a coach, sales trainer, but I have to wear two hats. And as a team scaling, I was sitting there thinking... Maybe I should just get them to subscribe to SIA, and that Here can help me. <laughs> yeah, you, you never know. So uh, I'm, I'm thinking about it, uh, but that, I absolutely love it. But obviously, we're coming towards uh, the end of the show, and the penultimate question that I love to to ask guests, Natalie, because it's been great having you on. And we'd love to have you again in the future. Is what three bit of, bits of advice would you give to somebody who's just about to embark on this sales development journey? 
Um, or alternatively, you can always give what are the three bits of advice you would give to your future self? Which one are you going to pick today, Natalie? I think maybe like a mixture. Maybe. Ooh, uh, okay. Yeah. Or maybe more like, uh, like more in the past uh, or like what will help someone new. Yeah. Uh, but I would say like, obviously sales can be a difficult career, but also like a really rewarding one. So you're going to have like really ups and downs. So it's just okay if maybe you like you cry one day and maybe you're happy the next day. So that's feelings are absolutely normal. Yeah. So just don't be afraid because you might dub yourself at uh, certain points in, in your career and you're going to say like, maybe this is not for me. Maybe I just, just go to do like something else. Uh, but just kind of with your like resilience and just like stick to it. Uh, you will see the rewards and the more like work you put into it, the more you're going to get from that. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be maybe number one. The number two, maybe like don't be afraid. And I think I mentioned this before, but the of the of the phone, because normally does I think I still like today that's one of the best channels that has worked for me. Mm. So I know at the beginning, like when I started, I was like really scared, like of what they're gonna say. Like I was just like so afraid of just like saying like listening to hi <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that used to happen but once you get like used to it and like maybe for some people it works that you better call calling in front of your team rather than alone and i think that's what i discovered so i would put myself instead of a meeting room just go into the <laughs> office yeah. I, would, yeah. I used to do that a lot and then <laughs> i just like no i feel better if i'm like just in the office and mm. kind of like um have that everyone just like making com more comfortable to making calls in the office so, so yes, just don't be afraid of that because that, that can be like one of your best channels. But obviously like all the others and even like social selling, that's something that works as well. So as long as you do a multi-channel uh, and mm. you leverage the, everyone as, as it was better for you, then you should be fine. Um, and I think last one would be, yeah, I guess like I, I said about like resilience for me, it's just like so, so important. Because mm -hmm. you have time, or I have, or maybe for people that they, I've been working for months, and if I wouldn't give up, like, in month three, I wouldn't get them, like, uh, after. So it's just a matter of you, like, adding value in the meantime, once you're trying to get the best of them. So don't give up, like, too soon. And I guess it's, like, quite easy for you as an MCR. You just kind of, like, contact them twice. They say no, and it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> so you just kind of move <laughs> to the next one. So it's, like, super, super easy to just give up. Yeah. Uh, but just just keep trying like different things um, and they will like people are happy or that like, they, they they are happy to see your efforts and if you're trying like this channel and maybe like LinkedIn here and a video here they're just kind of like oh like this person is trying so yeah. just those are the three I would say to start with. <laughs> I think those are some solid uh, bits of advice. I, I always love these tips from SCR such as yourself. Um, and yeah, like you said, sales is tough and there are ebbs and flows and it'll yes. be hard and down. And there'll be days where you'll put your hands in your head, <laughs> crying your eyes out and there'll be days of yes. joys. Um, and, you know, like things are only temporary. So enjoy yeah. those successes and with those lows, know that they're going to be, you know, temporary as well. Uh, and an interesting piece where you said about the the calling, like going into the booth or like doing it in their team setting and getting comfortable with it and, you know, the cold calling as well. I remember <laughs> when I used to work in places like WeWork or 
you know, when I was traveling out to Belgium and we had like shared office spaces, every time there was this calling section or hour, like the SDRs would disappear and I'd see them in booths and I'd just walk past the booth like, dude, what are you doing in here? Like, why don't we've got a whole room for this? And like, no, 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 I just want to do it yeah. here. And it's a confidence thing, but you know, like you rightfully said, you may do it initially, but when you get that confidence doing it in a team and like hearing it, getting feedback, et cetera, that's kind of like yeah. uh, uh, the best setting. Uh, and yeah, with resilience, like um, resilience is like, you know, you're going to have people reject you day in, yeah. day out. <laughs> and you're going to have people that aren't very nice and give you some horrible feedback. And the resilience is that, you know, that will to carry on and just, you know, to have that grit in. But I've also uh, recently realized that resilience isn't just, you know, the the continuation and just keep trying, but it's also understanding what to chase and yeah. what to let go. You know, because there are some things, like you said, the first or second one, I know that I've got to keep going with this person. But if it comes to like the 15th yeah. or 16th touch and this person is really not giving me engagement, I have to know, all right, I'm going to let it go, give it to another SDR and they can go try it out. And I'm going to go for a fresh, better contact. So resilience also means like, you know, knowing when to crack on and also when to give up. So again, Natalie, thank you so much. Uh, and as with everybody, I'd love to know, are there any shout outs that you would like to give on today's show, Natalie? Yes, I think my manager Priya, uh, just because like, <laughs> like she is really out there like helping us, all of us. We just recently growing the team and she's been putting like so many hours, like US hours as well. Um, and she's been like very, very supportive. Um, and that's, that's kind of what you need in a manager. So I think she will be my first one. I think in general, my, my team, because we kind of like uh, feed into each other and we share always like what's working and what is not working and you have this kind of like mentor mentee relationship mm. um, and we all just learning from each other and I think that's that's great to have in a team um, and yes yes I think maybe my boyfriend <laughs> I would say Alex uh, just because uh, obviously when you're in a remote environment and you have someone next to you and you're mm. trying to write an email and you're not sure you maybe can ask that person like does it look good? Maybe this LinkedIn post yeah. is good and you can have so much feedback from, from that that maybe no other like, colleague can because of timing or they're doing something different. So those, those are the ones that I would say. Oh, I love it. So shout out to Priya team and the, uh, the boyfriend as well. <laughs> Definitely, like we need these great people around us. So I absolutely love it. So I also want to say thank you to our guests, our watchers, our listeners. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, please rate us in your local podcast platform and hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube and share this episode for other SDRs to listen to because I think, Natalie, you've had a great story and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And as mentioned, we'd love to have you back on in the future. But Natalie, again, thank you for being on the SDR Disco Call podcast slash vidcast. I wish you a great week and summer. And most importantly, Natalie, happy selling. Yes, thanks so much, Neil, for your time. Um, yes, hopefully we'll see each other thank you so much for listening to our show today if you work in tech sales and have a career or story that you'd love to share then please email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'll be in contact to book in a show
Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.